0: So I'm excited to be worshiping with you all this morning. We're going to continue our sermon series called Building Bridges, where we've been talking about our job as Christians isn't to just be good people and do good things, but our job as Christians is to build a bridge for others to bring them from death into life, from sorrow into joy. And we've done that in a couple of ways, but today we're going to learn um, how we can build a bridge through humble service. And what we're going to learn through our scripture is that Christ measures success on service and not status. Christ measures greatness on service and not status. So I'm excited to be over here, and I hope um, that we can all keep that in mind in our heart today um, as we dive in. And so we're going to pray together for this message and for our hearts and mind specifically this morning. So let's pray as one. God, we gather this morning to be in your presence. We want to know you more. We want to love you more and live more like you. Open our hearts, ears, and minds to hear what you want to tell us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Teach us that you measure greatness by service and not status. Amen. So as uh, as Pastor Marvin read for us today, our passage comes from the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And what's interesting about the book of Philippians is that in some of Paul's other letters— we see Paul harshly criticizing some of, the church that he, some of the churches that he's writing to. So he, he, he sees what's happening, and he doesn't like it. But the, the same is not true for Philippians. He loves the people of Philippi and the church in Philippi, and he loves what he's seeing. But he's imploring them for more. He's imploring them to go deeper. And so he's encouraging them in their love. And we're going to start with verses 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit... Any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. Now, I have to say, um, I I don't really get sick a lot. I might get allergies, especially around this time of year as we change seasons, but I don't get sick a ton. So, uh, you know, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't uh, say that where Terry can hear me that way. If I'm like, oh, Terry, I'm sick, (laughs) Uh, you know, I I don't want to get in too much trouble. But what I do have is I have um, the body of a, Marvin, how old did you say you were? Okay, I won't say an age, I won't say an age, but, but my body is, is not of someone that is actually my age, I have terrible vision, I can't see anything, I'm thankful for contacts that allow me to see something, because when I take them out, I am, I'm blind as a bat, my wife complains that I, I don't hear well, um, I, I don't really know what's going on with, on with that, clearly, you know, I think that can be interpreted a couple of ways, you know, whatever. Clearly, uh, metabolism has never really been a part of my makeup as a person. Um, I have, I actually have gout. So like most people don't know that gout is actually still like a thing, but, but it is. Um, and, and I'm teased mercilessly for it as if I still live in like the 15th century or something. Um, I just saw a commercial for it where the, the guys in the doctor's office, it's, it's for a product that I won't mention in church, but the guys in the doctor's office and, and, doc- and the doctor tells the young man that he has gout and it's like this big joke and it's supposed to be hilarious. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Not for me. And so this past week, I actually, I threw my back out. I've, I tell my wife all the time, I, I want to get into the Guinness Book of World Records before I die, somehow, some But but being the youngest person to ever throw your back out isn't really how I want to be remembered. Um, but, but it is well with my soul, right? So if you've ever thrown your back out, there's like a moment that it just it is unbearable pain. Like I could not move a muscle. I was actually just cleaning our house, picking up some trash, and just this pain just shot up my spine. And when that happened, um, I'm 60% sure that I didn't use language that would be foul in the sight of our Lord. Uh, but I'm 100% sure that I fought one, Right. <laughs> So if you've ever done it, it is unbearable pain. I go straight to the bed. And so when something like this happens, where I'm, I'm rendered physically incapable of doing certain things, as you can probably tell, I'm a giant baby. I'm a big whiner, and I, everything in the world, my wife is in the back nodding her head. Um, I need people to serve me. Whatever it takes, we will move mountains to make sure I'm going to get better, right? I'm concerned about what I need to do to make sure everything at work is taken care of. I need to make sure I'm contacting everybody I need to contact in case I can't get out of this bed. I don't know how I'm going to eat because I can't stand up. So, I mean, number one, I'm just looking out for number one right here. And meanwhile, my, my wife is around the house. She's picking up um, she's, she's continuing to do some of the cleaning that I was doing. She's bringing me Advil to make sure I'm feeling better. She goes to Walgreens uh, to get like a muscle, uh, muscle relaxer and a wrap for me. And then she comes back and rubs muscle rub into my back, um, which is really what I wanted. So thank you, wife. Um, all hands on deck for Sean. All hands on deck. Meanwhile, without too much complaining, my wife is serving me. In my time of need, in, in the midst of all this, on Thursday, Pastor Terry texts me and says, hey, hey, my dad, um, he's not not doing so hot. I, I need to be with him this weekend. Can you can you preach in the traditional services? And I said, you mean like this Sunday? <laughs> and she said, she said, yeah, th- yeah, this Sunday. And I was oh. my, my instant thought was, oh, man, that's not a lot of time. I can't can't do a whole lot of preparation. I I, I don't want to to look bad. I don't want the sermon to to be bad. And, you know, I I don't want people to think poorly of me because the sermon wasn't good. So in the midst of this need of Terry and of her church community, I'm only thinking about myself and how I'm going to look. I'm more concerned with my status than my service. And I love you all, but to be truthful, you were not a thought in my mind until a couple hours later after she asked me, (laughs) right? Clearly, the Holy Spirit had its way with me, as here I stand, but in the immediacy, I was more concerned with my status than my service. I can't build a bridge for others when I'm constantly thinking about myself. So we're going to look at today for the rest of our passage is, is that Jesus is the ultimate bridge builder and we are to model our lives after Jesus. All he ever did was connect people with God through his own humble service. If we call ourselves Christians, that means we think that Jesus is God and therefore we ought to model our lives in the same way that Jesus modeled his life. And as Marvin mentioned, Paul gives us um a hymn here in an early hymn here to show us the model of jesus when he says adopt the attitude that was in christ jesus though he was in the form of god he did not consider being equal with god something to exploit but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings when he found himself in the form of a human he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him the name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, God had every opportunity to remain in heaven and be worshipped by the angels as the people on earth continued to turn away from him and turn away in relationship to him. He, He has the ultimate status. Everything that is exists for him and him alone and yet he thought of us and he became a person he built a bridge that changed the nature of the world forever because god knows that he measures greatness on service and not status and that idea is so backwards for us everything revolves around status right everything revolves around status the job you have the car you drive how many kids you have Um, Even how busy you are, I think, has become like a nature of status. If you're busy, everyone respects the schedule, right? In the world that Jesus stepped into, status was king. Status was defined by how many people you owned, how much land you owned, how much knowledge you had. That was status. So Jesus walked into the same world that we walk into today. That same God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. Everything exists to worship him and yet he thought of us. The very same people that turned away from him and the very same people that had him put to death. He became a baby who needed his diaper changed. And he became, uh, he became a slave to service. And he became obedient even to death on a cross for the very same people that hung him on that cross. That is humility. That is humble service. And if we as... Christians believe that Jesus is God. Jesus then is no less than God. And if, we're, if we really had that kind of faith in Jesus, then as the text says, we would all bow and confess that he is the Lord because we couldn't help it because he is that holy and he is that good. So who am I that when I'm asked to preach that I think about myself? When I'm asked to share the word of God to the people of God that I can think of no one but myself? So what was the blueprint for the bridge that Jesus built between God and man? The blueprint was relationships and service. That's all Christ ever did. You never see Christ serving people without a relational intent. He does everything so that they might be changed by the relationship that's built now with the person of God. Why did Jesus Jesus heal a leper? To show that he has the power to do so. That the relationship might be changed. Why did Jesus wash the feet of the disciples? Because that's what humble service looks like. And that's who God is. And the relationship was changed. Why did Jesus go to the cross for us? That all of humanity's relationship with God would forever be different because of his actions. He took the form of a slave and humbled himself by being obedient even to death on a cross. Because Jesus measures greatness on service and not status. So like I mentioned, the people of Philippi that Paul is writing to are really great people. Paul is really proud of them. He's happy with them, but he says, I need more from you. It's great that you've taken this message of Jesus and you've made a difference, but now what? What else are you going to give me? What else are you going to give Christ? So he encourages them in that way, that that relationship needs to be taken to a deeper level to impact others takes a deeper level of service and a deeper level of humility than ever before to build bridges so that people can know God and love God. So if I ask you, is greatness defined by service or status? I hope your immediate answer is, oh, service, right? That's what Jesus said. That's good. But does your life reflect that answer? Does your life reflect that answer? Another way I can ask that, are you served more often than you are serving? Are you served more often than you are serving? The answer for me is yes. Because think about all the ways that we're served in this world, especially um, as, as privileged as we are to live here. Service is everywhere, right? We go to a restaurant and someone walks up and takes our order, goes back, someone cooks us the food, brings us the food, that's being served. We walk into this place and we don't think about it, but somebody cleaned this joint. Somebody takes care of these lights in here. Someone takes care of this building to make sure that it is perfect and that it is a safe place to go. That is being served. Teachers serve countless students and their families. They go above and beyond. And so we don't even think about this because our world is just set up this way. Like when I tell students that they make a mess somewhere and I'm like, hey, you guys need to pick that up because somebody has to clean that and that's just disrespectful. They look at me like I have four heads. What do you mean someone cleans it? As if it just, ma- this place just magically gets cleaned on its own when they come back next time, right? If, if everybody in here has had a parent or has been a parent or a guardian, man, you talk about humble service. You talk about humble service, Man. No one has been more of a humble service to me than any parent or guardian that I've ever known. So are you served more often than you are serving? That's the answer. Because the opportunities to build bridges through service are everywhere. They're here at this church. We've got Serve Day coming up on September 30th. That's in your bulletin. It's online. Sign up to be in service. That's how you can start. Costa Rica Mission Projects, we can serve at The Connection. You can serve in the choir and youth ministry. They're everywhere. But as many chances as there are in the church, there are even more chances outside of the church. We just don't always think about it that way. Are you serving your family when you come home? Are you too tired to do that extra chore that you really know would help your spouse? Are you so tired that you can't talk to or treat your spouse the way that you know they ought to be treated? Or your child or another member of your family? Do you model your belief that greatness is measured on service and not status at work? Are you working to serve others? Or are you working to serve your own status? I think in the church, and really in the United States of America, we too often use the phrase, oh, I'm so busy. It makes me ill on Sunday morning how many times I hear people. It's almost like when we do our greeting time, that's almost as if how we're supposed to greet each other. We're like, oh, how are you? Oh, I've been so busy. And then it becomes this competition where the other person is like, oh, well, I've been so busy too, you know. I have lots of stuff to take people to and lots of places to go. And it just bothers me because... That's like a status competition. No one questions the calendar. God forbid. So we say we're too busy. We have so much going on. What we're really saying is that, you know, I am putting my own status and my own priorities over that of serving others. Not to say that, we're not, that, that you shouldn't be busy. Things happen in life. But when we say, I'm too busy to serve, I'm too busy to go to serve day, I'm too busy to serve my church, I've got too much stuff going on. The truth of the matter is is that you are taking the priority of status over service. That's the reality. There's no humility, no selflessness in chasing and glorifying our own busyness. Building bridges through serving others is a command from Jesus. Not an option of something that we can do on a planned day in September every year. Although, please do that, because it can kickstart a life of service. But it's something that we ought to do in our every single day. It's, it's very much who we are. As I mentioned, Christ said that service and relationships are inseparable for us. As our theme verse for this series, Romans 12 says, Take your everyday, ordinary life and place it before God as an offering. That is how we will build bridges, taking our everyday and placing it before God as an offering. We need to do that through service as Christians. When we humbly serve and we live our lives knowing that Jesus measures greatness by service and not status, that is when we're going to build bridges to reach people in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.